What's up, guys? Before we jump into the show, I wanted to tell you about our friends over at The Green Solution. The Green Solution has 17 Colorado locations and an express checkout to get you in and out as fast as possible. Get on your phone right now. Go to their website, mygreensolution.com. Order your flour, concentrates, edibles, and topicals online, and then head to the closest Green Solution for pickup. Use code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. Broncos Country is Sitting in the south stands Drinking the curves from mile high The best part of the weekend Hugging the perfect stranger As they become a friend Having a good time when the orange and blue W-I-N Tuning in every day with the good folks down at DNVR Welcome in to the DNVR Broncos podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. Make sure you use that code DNVR20 for your Strava Craft Coffee or your order at the Green Solution. It works there. It works maybe anywhere just keep trying it wherever you go you're having a nice dinner at like a fancy steak restaurant when the waiter comes over just say dnvr 20 you never know or maybe it'll turn out to be a free cheesy bread honey yes if you're at bojo's that's exactly what you would get is a free cheesy bread honey yeah i know i said something wrong sounds like a, a flavor of honey that is now, it's cheesy bread flavored honey. Maybe that's what they need to make to then put on your honey cheesy bread. I used to know uh, a girl, there's a place called Abo's Pizza in Boulder. Mm, yep. It's really good. Um, and they have like a bunch of different stuff, like a little area where you can get toppings. You know, you got your cayenne pepper and your Parmesan and honey. Well, she used to take, like we would go there for lunch, me and my friends. She wouldn't get anything. And then just pile like parmesan onto her plate (laughs) and then mix it with honey and then just eat it interesting yeah not even heat it up no see if you throw that in the microwave then i can get behind it nope just a little uh honey parmesan salad wow for free (laughs) yeah (laughs) wow look at that yeah when you're in high school you don't think how um disrespectful i feel like that's not quite the word some people may say smart snaky is what i think (laughs) yeah um, I don't. How did we get there? I oh have yeah, no idea. <laughs> we're we're off to a hot start. Uh, the, yeah, the point was you can use DNVR twenty anywhere. It's like Fight Club or something. You just say it. <laughs> if the right people will know. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, as we dive into the podcast here, you know, we're starting to see, um, Super Bowl media day and all that stuff. And I'm looking at these players and these groups of positions and these both of these teams have a lot of really stacked position groups. And I was thinking, which Broncos position group is the most Super Bowl ready? And the answer, as it stands right now, because we are in limbo here with some unknowns, the answer is not abundantly clear to me. What do you think, Zach? No. In fact, when when I really dig deep, I think it comes down to two. Two position groups. And are we talking about guys that we think will be on the team next year? Not like bringing in free agents and stuff, but like a uh, Chris Harris Jr. 
who we can obviously make an easy case that he's back, or are we saying that those guys aren't on the team and pending free agents aren't on the team? Um, you can't just like take them off. So if you want if you can make a case for them to be back, then you can do it. Then the position group on the Broncos that's most ready for a Super Bowl right now is the safety position. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of crazy to say, but with Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons, both probably should have been pro bowlers. They both played like pro bowlers last year. That's it. You have no other position where you had two guys play like pro bowlers. So end of story. Yeah, that was the one that I'm like, okay, this is probably the answer. Where things really get interesting, though, is when you ask what's second place. Because Hmm, I can't think of anything outside of one other position group that would be second. I've only got one, too. <laughs> it's probably, it's, it has to be the same one, right? I don't know. Okay, ready? On three. <laughs> one, one, two, two three. three. Outside linebacker. <laughs> oh, you know what? You're right. It's definitely outside linebacker. Now, why is an outside linebacker one? Because outside linebacker should be one, right? I, I keep doing this thing, and I, I just, oh, I'm an apology. I just keep forgetting about Bradley Chubb. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. He hasn't played for months. Yep. Yep, not even my Drew Locke um, love can overcome the fact that they have a Super Bowl MVP and a number four overall pick in that group. Yeah. But would you say quarterback is third? Yes, but, but. in a way that it's damning to the rest of the oh, team. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's not as if like, oh, yeah, Drew Locke's ready-made. Throw him in the Super right. Bowl. Let's go. It's like. It's not wide receiver. No. You only it's have one of them. not corner. <laughs> you may not have any of them. It's not running back. Nope. Although the top of that is pretty much on par with Drew. I think running back's probably fourth right yeah. after Drew um, because of Phil. Tight end, I don't even – what is what does that even mean? Yeah. To right. be Super Bowl ready at tight end. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely hey, not. I guess both of these teams are Super Bowl ready. That's true. Tight end. Yeah, so I guess that is a, they're trying. Right. <laughs> um, it's not offensive line. No. Defensive line, you could probably make a case if you're going to say Derek Wolf is back and Shelby Harris is back, but we know that's not going to happen. Right. Yeah, you get one of them. And so likely Derek Wolf. I only go to to quarterback cuz it's like the you only need one. I think that's what it comes down to. Is you only need one, and they have one. Right. And Whereas it, all and these it, other places, you need multiple guys. And we've seen the ceiling on Drew Locke, or maybe not even the ceiling, but what he can do, and it's obviously Super Bowl worthy. I feel I feel much better now that you brought up outside linebacker. The Broncos have two position groups that are ready to go. Would you put outside linebacker above safety? <sighs> yes. Should be. Yeah. You, yeah. It is. The reason that I'm not is just the uncertainty with Bradley Chubb and uncertainty with Von Miller. I, do I think last year was the decline for Von Miller? No, I don't. But it's not like I have a huge case against it necessarily. Right, and you just think of it this way. The Broncos won a Super Bowl with a declined DeMarcus Ware and a prime Von Miller. That's true. If you can get a declined Von Miller and a prime Bradley Chubb, then you're pretty much in the same place. Yep, that's a good point. But that actually brings up an interesting question. Are we sure about Bradley Chubb? As being like a number five overall pick? Like yeah. that good? Is Yeah. Is he a, is 
Is he a star for sure? I mean, he flirted with the all-time rookie sack record. And so if that, to me, is a, a lot of evidence. But the one thing that if you are doing the Dove Valley two-step that you would definitely <laughs> ignore is that he was not producing at the beginning of this year before Zero. he got hurt. Nothing. Four games and nothing. Yeah. That That is the a little bit concerning to me. Now, it should be noted that Von Miller was doing nothing. Derek Wolf was doing nothing. Shelby Harris was doing nothing. No one was doing anything on that defense in the beginning of the year. So, again, Dove Valley two-step, you can step your way around that. And just say, yeah, no, it was just a, a bad start for the defense. And on top of it, maybe the Dove Valley one step is just what was coming from the Broncos themselves. I mean, maybe that's just the most prime example, the Dove Valley two step when it comes straight from their mouth is they, everyone in that building thought Bradley Chubb was the truth. So that's what, if you want to do the Dove Valley two step and believe it, that's what you lean on is they all thought publicly and privately that, Bradley Chubb was better than Von Miller at the beginning of last year, just starting his second season. Our guy Pete was teaching a girl how to do the two-step. Oh, there we on go. On the show last night. <laughs> Is that a drink? Uh, it's kind of a relationship. No. No. Okay. Uh, oh my God! Wait, I didn't. Even, we talked a little bit about the Bachelor before the show. <laughs> Wait until you see. You you got the you watched the teaser right? Mm-hmm. So you know the whole thing with the concert. Oh yeah. That's. Some of the juiciest Bachelor drama <laughs> I've ever seen. I did see on uh, on Twitter last night that it really could be the most dramatic season of The Bachelor You know what? Ever. It's actually, um, I'm always trying to convince people that they should give it a try. This isn't necessarily the season for newcomers. Oh, why? It's a, it's too much. It's, yeah. Usually like the, even you feel like the, it's, it's just too much. I'm just like, oh, my God, just shut up for a second. Yeah. Well, <laughs> shut up and fall in love. <laughs> yeah. You know, stop worrying. Yeah. My girlfriend is getting so frustrated that the, the show is going nowhere because all that happens ever is just drama. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. How's it, it when, you, when he's questioning everything all the time? Yeah. How's he supposed to fall in love? And like, yeah, just none of the relationships are progressing. It's all just like a constant like uh, interrogation over something. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's really finding out the bad people. And then he's just going to be left with like some honest people that he has no idea how he feels about. Yeah, like some girl's like, you don't even know my middle name. Like you don't know anything because all you ever do is like deal with this drama. And I'm like, yeah, she does have a good point. I got to tell you, I would be an awful bachelor in the early stages. And I'm not just talking like the first one. I would be so bad through like half the season because I would not remember anyone's name. That would be hilarious. Though. <laughs> it would be really, it'd probably be good for uh, ABC. You're like... Mm, remind me again <laughs> she's like you've kissed me seven times <laughs> you've been i've been here for three weeks you're like i know but you look like that other girl oh. and your mouth tasted similar yeah just, uh, i don't remember are you the one that grabbed my <laughs> it, pete actually had a moment like that in uh on the first episode yep she was a girl was like ah you remember what I did? And he's like, yeah, yeah. And then like five seconds later, he's like, no, I don't remember. You have to remind me. The best part is like, you can tell when they set something up. And uh, one of the girls came up and he was like, she was like, oh, like, yeah, last night was funny. And he's like, 
yeah remind me what you did again <laughs> she's like i'm the one who came up in the red convertible <laughs> he's like oh yeah of course i knew that i actually brought this toy car <laughs> of the red convertible to like commemorate that moment i'm like the producers for sure just handed yeah. him that car and were yeah. like oh give this to the girl with the uh, and he's like oh yeah i got this <laughs> which one was that again don't worry she'll remind you oh man but yes the I mean, why am I worried about spoiling it? I'm not. <laughs> you've already seen what happened, so mm-hmm. people are probably pissed. <laughs> but this is hilarious. They go to an amusement park and they have like a date, and then at the end of the date, he's like, "I have a private concert for us." He takes her oh into the concert, and she can hear the music, and you can see her heart drop because oh. she's like, "Huh." Whose concert is this? (laughs) He's like, just wait, just wait. Like, come on. He thinks that she is like so amazed by the artist, and it's not that. So then they get there, and it does like a cutaway scene, and she's like, so it's a Chase Rice concert, and um, that's my ex boyfriend. (laughs) And like, you know, this was set up. This is not a coincidence. And I just imagine her being like, you MFers. Yep. You know? <laughs> yeah. So then, but then she does it. Then they're just dancing there. With him, like, a couple feet away. Right in front of him. <laughs> and he and uh, Peter goes, oh, wow, it's, you know this song. She's singing along. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I love this song. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh my. And this is before he knows. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So then he thinks it's perfect. He thinks he just hit a home run. Yes. He he's like so happy. And the Chase Rice, the country singer, is just like like he's kind of just <laughs> laughing. You know, cuz I I assume what happened is they're like, "Hey, we need you to be in Cleveland for this thing. We'll pay you $500,000." And he's just right. like, "Okay." Right. And then he's like, "Oh, <laughs> damn it." <laughs> so then they make out right in front of him. Yep course and uh did she then, go out and make out with him too yeah. well so then peter goes and talks to chase afterwards like they always do these awkward things they did it with the broncos once i can tie that back in oh yeah ben higgins once like yep. came and got like relationship advice from um uh, uh brandon McManus. mcmanus yep um so they always like have a little chat and like you can tell chase is like kind of like just probing he's like so how long into the show are you he's like oh about four weeks he's like oh so it's pretty much still the beginning he's like, yeah yeah <laughs> Never says anything. Mm-hmm. Fast forward. She ends up talking to Chase, and he, and he definitely played some good PR. He's like, hey, whatever you want, you know, I hope you end up happy, et cetera, et cetera. So then they go to dinner later. The girl's, like, freaking out. And I'm sorry that I'm spoiling this for you. No, 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 no. I appreciate it. And she's like, so um, I, this is really hard for me to, and awkward for me to say, but uh, I used to to date chase (laughs) and pete is so shook (laughs) oh it right before that they have a cutaway where pete goes you never know maybe chase rice will play at our wedding (laughs) (laughs) oh my god and uh so then she says it and he's like chase right chase rice (laughs) you mean the the singer from the concert she's like yeah he's like Chase Rice, the country <laughs> guy from the concert earlier, who was playing for us. <laughs> She's like, uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. 
And oh, yeah. man. And then, of course, hilarity ensues. What was she supposed to do, though? It's not her fault. I, I know. And that's and then again, like Pete always trying to make everyone oh, feel yeah. better. Yeah. He's like, it's okay. It's not your fault. <laughs> He's obviously so pissed at the producers. Like, oh, yeah. You got to see these people all day, every day. Yep. He's probably like, I hate you guys. <laughs> Like, they just sat there and let him say, you never know. Chase Rice <laughs> might play at our wedding. <laughs> he must feel so stupid. I know. But then he, instead of, like, being embarrassed, he has to, like, make her feel less embarrassed. Right. He is a really good guy. He is. Yeah. He's not the one to be able to handle that situation well, nope. though. And then he's like, we can just, let's just laugh about this. Let it go. <laughs> oh, my God. She's like, I'm like, yeah. I'm for sure laughing about it. <laughs> oh, man. So, I, I'm, if you hate the Bachelor talk, I'm sorry, but you have to admit that's hilarious. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> Anyways, Bradley Chubb, Vaughn Miller. How did we get there? I have no idea. Uh, two step, the Dove Valley two step. Took me oh, to Pete was doing the two step. Right. Yep. Um, those that has to be your most Super Bowl ready group. You need those guys to be that. You're talking about two top five picks. Justin Simmons, second round pick. Kareem Jackson, third, third round. Or, uh, other way around, right? Was Kareem Jackson a second? First. Okay. Late first. <laughs> so it shows what I know. <laughs> um, if you combine them, they're a second. So yeah. that's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. D- three plus one divided by two. That's the DNVR two-step. Uh, yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think you have to have those guys be your best. But I think the reason why we start with started with safeties is like we saw it from them, you know. They balled. Yeah. Bradley Chubb was not there and Von Miller didn't play well. So that's kind of scary. Um you need Bradley Chubb to come back and be your your guy. Mm-hmm. Like Von Miller, you just hope that he has like another one in the tank. Yeah, which he can. And, he can. and j- just like DeMarcus Ware, when you go back and look at DeMarcus Ware's stats, they weren't incredible. I think he had one 10-sack season in the three he was here, but he had a big impact in that Super Bowl 50 run. I think that Von Miller still has better than a 10-sack season left, and so I definitely think he can have an explosive playoff run. But what's – I know sacks aren't everything, but sacks kind of give you a good base and understanding of where a player is at. So let's just use sacks to be a good number to identify. What is the minimum – number of sacks that Bradley Chubb and Von Miller need to combine for for the Broncos to be in the playoffs next year? That's hard to say um, because I think the offense is going to really dictate that. Um, But I don't feel comfortable setting the bar anywhere lower than 25. I I was going to say 24 is the very least. They need to at least be on 12 and 12. Because, like we said, this is supposed to be the best part of your team. It should, I mean, it should be competing with the best in the league. Yeah, and having 12 sacks each, yeah, that that's good. But that's disappointing in Von Miller's eyes, at least in my standards for Von Miller. That's a disappointing season if he only has 12 sacks. And Bradley Chubb, uh, that would be kind of baseline. You know, if I look back and Bradley Chubb in his third season has 12 sacks, I'd say... Okay, I, I feel fine about it, but I don't feel good about it. So needs to be twenty four, twenty five. Yeah, I mean, and then shouldn't the goal or the shouldn't you be aspiring for thirty? 
Yes. I mean, Von Miller aspires for 30 on his own. So he should be able to get 30 with an assist from a younger, fresher, number five equally talented, almost, pick. yeah, not equally talented, similarly talented player. Yeah, absolutely. So 25 is the baseline. And why I'd put the safeties above that is how many sacks did Von Miller have last year? Eight? Eight. Did Bradley Chubb have any before getting hurt? I think yeah, one? I think one or two. So they combined for 10. Wait. He, he he played four games. Yeah. So it was just one. So because one. they had zero through three combined. So they had less than 10 sacks this season. I know Bradley Chubb only played four games, but what? They were on pace for 12 together. They Bradley were probably Chubb. on pace for worse than that. Yeah. I think they both got one in week four. Okay. So they had two one quarter away, one quarter through the season. So they were on pace for eight. On pace for eight. And they got nine. So that's why I'd give the nod to the safety group. It's because they both played at a Pro Bowl level last year. Yep. Yeah, but the the question being which group is the most Super Bowl ready, I still think you have to go outside linebacker. I love how I just wasn't even thinking about that. Now it's my number one. Just because the talent's there. Yeah, yeah, you just have elite talent. And at at safety, I think you have – to one level below elite talent. Would you rather, I don't know the 49ers extremely well or the Chiefs defense extremely well, but would you rather have the Broncos safety group or the Chiefs or 49ers? Let's see, you have the Honey Badger in, you have the Honey Badger and who's the other guy? Juan Thornhill, in the rookie. Uh, in Kansas City. Yep. And then there's also one other person. I can't remember. Who, who would you rather have? Um, Broncos. I would too. And then 49ers. Probably take Broncos. Yeah. Yeah. So no. that's one. And then pass rushers, you'd probably pick Broncos too. I mean, Bosa is a freak. But if we're talking like just two guys. Yeah, you're just getting the outside you're getting their four, three defensive ends. Who is their other guy? Solomon Thomas uh, on the other side? They're, I don't know. They're very multiple in the way that they just kind of rotate guys through there. Because Armstead and Buckner, if you're calling them inside guys, which we probably are. It's int- Yeah, but they also line those guys up outside sometimes. Gosh, then. Because those guys were drafted as three, four defensive ends. Right. So now they're being used in like a hybrid four, three uh three four they just kind of everyone but Bo, bosa doesn't really i don't think i've seen him go inside maybe mm-hmm. he has but pretty much all the other guys they're just kind of mixing it up give me the 49ers then if it's really choosing two of them you yeah you can choose bosa and it's kind of cheating but i'll let you choose bosa and one other is you choose an armstead sure hmm. i mean obviously you have to change your defense for them so that just makes it complicated right. right you're not wrong with Vaughn and Chubb though yeah and then with the Chiefs yeah at least I'm picking uh you can have Chris Jones if we're doing this no yeah I'm taking Vaughn and Chubb yeah um but would Bosa be the youngest or the first player to ever win Super Bowl MVP as a rookie maybe probably for sure on defense yeah that's true I'm trying to think, though, what other rookies, especially a rookie quarterback. No. Roethlisberger 
Was that his second year? I think it was his rookie season. Did he win MVP in that Super Bowl? I don't know. I don't know. Wait. Now I'm confused. Look it up. If it was his first season? <clears throat> yeah, I'm conf- I'm just the timeline isn't adding up to me. Um Oh, there it is again. <laughs> it's hilarious. I tweeted this out, but they keep putting they've got like a Patrick Mahomes um little like slideshow of things that he's done that they put under his name every time they show his press conference at the Super Bowl. And one of the things is played with Alex Smith in 2017. And that just (laughs) gets me every time. (laughs) How is that? Like not, you know, like, yes, I I just think when you put that, that slide right next to the slide that says like NFL MVP, (laughs) it just looks silly. So he became the Ben Roethlisberger became the youngest Super Bowl winning quarterback in NFL history at 23 years old. And I'm trying to see if that was his – was that his rookie year? I don't know. If it was, it was not – no, second year. You're right. Okay. Yep. And he wasn't the MVP. Yeah, I think what – I think I remember, like, he took over as a rookie and then they won a bunch of games but lost in the playoffs and then the next year they won the Super Bowl or something like that. You know what Miami of Ohio's mascot is? Uh, The Red Hawks. Ding, 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 ding. Impressive. I didn't know that. We could do that all day. <laughs> I know. I, well, I know you're the king. That's why I had to ask. Uh, okay. We've got lots of questions to get to. Um, we've already gotten to all the important things like the Bachelor <laughs> talk. So let's, uh, let's, let's quickly tell you about something really cool that's going on this week with Breckenridge Brewery. Make sure you come down to Stoney's Uptown on Thursday night for the Nuggets game. Um, the cat is halfway out of the bag. You now know that we are releasing a brand new DNVR Nuggets shirt that night, mm. which is pretty pretty sweet. I've seen it. But there's also other really cool stuff happening that night. So make sure that you come. Come hang out. And uh, it's going to be a really fun time. Breck Brew and DNVR. What more could you want? I tell you guys, this is going to be an awesome, awesome event. And speaking of Breck Brews, Ryan, you know where else you can get some delicious Breck Brews? Where? The Blake Street Tavern. I mean, you guys know how much we love this because we're always doing events there. We're always there personally. But Ryan gave the perfect example yesterday before DNVR BSN was even a thing. Yesterday on the pod, he was talking about how after the Broncos uh won the AFC championship in 2013 he was telling his friends we need to be at this one place for the Super Bowl and that one place was Blake Street Tavern we've loved Blake Street Tavern way before this company and of course we absolutely love it now yeah uh I actually one of my first ever girlfriends uh went on one of our first dates hey there we go good first date place Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, yeah, you mentioned the Super Bowl 48. That's just about the only bad memory I ever have at Blake Street Tavern. <laughs> it's Oh, man. So it is the place to watch any sport. The crazy thing is there's just so much space. Like, it's incredible how big the place is. You are never going to have a trouble. Well, unless Super Bowl 48 is the only time I remember people having trouble finding a place to sit. 
but you're not going to ha- probably clear it out. Yeah. You're not going to have a, a trouble finding a place to sit. You're not going to have trouble having a seat with a TV just about anywhere you go. They've got the, uh, the arcade downstairs, which is like, you just go from a bar to like Dave and Buster's <laughs> yep. just walking downstairs. So, uh, really, really awesome spot. Make sure you check it out when you're in Denver. Shall we talk to the people? Ryan? Let's do it. First one's from Micah Pexa. Who says, surprise no one has mentioned Forrest Gump as a tearjerker. The scene towards the end where he talks to Jenny's grave gets me every time, no matter how many times I watch it. That and the Kobe Bryant coverage the past couple days, I've been crying like a baby. So very tragic and sad. Rest in peace, Kobe and Gianna. Yes, well said. Well said. And yeah, Forrest Gump is a uh, is a classic. Definitely. Ne- next one coming in from Avs Watch 22. Hello again, Big RK, Big Zach, and Big Mace. It's big around here. I promise today's comment will not be remotely as long as my last two. We'll see about that. First, I'd just like to say I spent the drive on the way up to Ch- Chico, California. Does that remind you of something? It's where our guy Rigo is up. And back, back listening to the Senior Bowl pods and the Friday pod, and I got to say that Mace and Dre have sold me on Gibson and Kinlaw. However, and I think RK will appreciate this, and the nine-minute highlight tape CU put out of LaVisca, about halfway through there's video of him at a press conference. The reporter asked him, playing through that, what was going on there? LaVisca replied, it was like when I was doing something, I feel the pain, but it's pain. It's just pain. What kind of cyborg says that? I still get the injury concerns, but this sells on that guy would play football unless he was physically unable to play football, and that's big. Okay, quick couple of questions with not-so-quick answers. The Broncos have a lot of holes to fill in some capacity this offseason. Can you guys tell me what the team's three biggest needs are and whether those needs are best suited to be tackled, pause for laugh track, in free agency or in the draft? I'll end on a question for Mace, who's, again, not here today, not feeling well, hopefully back tomorrow. And he says, what is 37 and one-half multiplied by two? Ah, it's... 75. 75. <laughs> it's not the same without uh, It's not. Without Mace. <laughs> yeah, 37, 74. Yeah. I had a, a 37 and one half. That's what got me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, three biggest needs in the drafts wide receiver, tackle, interior defensive line. Yes. Or corner. Mm. What about just not in the draft, but right now? Three. You only get three. So we're counting free agents as on the team right now or off the team right now? That's tough. However you want to manipulate it. Off. Let's do off the team because you can sign those guys. Okay, corner. Is because if you keep Shelby and Derek, you're all right. And what is what is that? Is that – oh, I see. Corner, tackle, receiver. No, no. In order, it would be tackle, receiver, corner. I agree. You have to address all three of those. Yep. There's just no question about it. From Count Locula, when the crap are you guys going to get a tete-a-tete with our new boy, Patty McShermer? Is he in quarantine until he gets rid of all his Giants gear? Where is he? Love the Count. It's a great question. My guess is he probably, him and Vic probably haven't left the facility. I assume the Broncos don't 
feel the need to give us media opportunity with him because iTunes believes that he is a recurring <laughs> guest on this show. And we've had plenty of media opportunity with him. Yeah, he's been joining you guys every single day on this show. Yeah, that's what they think. <laughs> he's actually in with fact, us right now. I am Pat, Pat Shermer, according to iTunes. You are. So thanks for joining us, Pat. I think our listeners would be comfortable with me running the offense. I think so. Uh, now, Pat Shermer running this podcast, maybe not as comfortable. Mm, yeah, Patty, Patty it, McShermer, as he called him. It would be fun. It would be a lot of fun. Zach, he's been fiery before. <laughs> oh, I'm sh- <laughs> maybe once or twice. It's been fun. Um, I we don't know. No, this is a weird thing. Usually, it had happened either right after the hire or during the week of the Senior Bowl. Yep. If it doesn't ha- I don't expect it to happen this week because it's Super Bowl week. Uh, so if it doesn't happen next week, I don't think we'll ever meet him. It, yeah, it's not going to happen this week because a lot of the media is down at the Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. And then, like, hopefully we're talking about Steve Atwater all next week. Oh, hopefully, yeah. So, I don't know. Might never happen. It may not. They're not contractually. They're not legally obligated no, to let us talk to them. They're not. Next one coming in from Nick Geyer. He says, "Hot dudes, you guys talking about Elitches was funny. The boomerang and the half pipe were one of the, the best. Boomerang. That's the one that goes backwards. Yep. Shake rattle and roll was the worst. I don't remember shake rattle and roll. I don't either. I can just imagine it had that music playing to it. What could it shake? Rattle and roll. I imagine some upside down stuff. Yeah. What was the one where you're in a ball? Like you're in a mouse ball? Oh, and, and it launches you? you? That yeah. one is amazing. They actually <laughs> did a similar thing on The Bachelor to that last Ooh, night. Ooh, any... Oh, they did that also a couple weeks ago, too, on The Bachelor. Really? Yeah, it, it was a ball that, like, just... It didn't actually shoot up oh, in the Oh, yeah, air. that was like a, a gyro... Yeah, and Pete made, her th- made a girl throw up because <laughs> of it. Oh, yeah. Just wait till you see what she does on this week's on this week's show more throwing up or no no (laughs) okay okay i can't wait uh he he goes on but anyway just want to say thank you to you guys it's like it looks like me and my girlfriend of almost 13 years are splitting up and this pod is one of the things that keeps me positive and hopeful can't wait to see all you guys in the dnvr employees and subscribers at upcoming things stay positive will you hang in there nick we're here for you yep Yep, make sure you hang in there, and uh, I love hearing this this type of stuff from you guys. It is the one thing that, you know, we talk about sports for a living. It's it's not very significant, but uh, when we hear stuff like that, it kind of makes me feel like what we do is maybe a little important, more important than we think. Yeah, I I completely agree. Bobby Lanks reaches out again, and it's a question specifically for for me. So Bobby, why don't you post that one again tomorrow, or maybe just wait till Thursday when we really think Mace will be back. Yeah, whenever. Yeah, he'll be back soon. <laughs> from Cameron J. Going off of yesterday's conversation about Starbucks, some fun facts as I worked there for five years. I, I hope you don't ruin this. it for me. <laughs> that there's actually bats in Oh, my God. Don't start beans. with the effing bats. He says that Starbucks, flat whites are made with whole milk and pulled with ristretto shots, shots that have less water and more intense flavor, and include one more shot than a regular latte. The milk is steamed slightly differently in flat whites than regular lattes. Either way... Everything is really just a slight variation away from being an overpriced latte. Mm, answers that question. In hot lattes, cappuccinos, and specialty drinks, the only difference between the venti and the grande size is the amount of sugar and milk. If you think you're getting more coffee by grabbing a venti instead of a grande, think again. 
They both come with two shots of espresso. How dare them? See, mm. Mm. what? <laughs> he worked there. I know, but I, in the app, Okay. I guess maybe this this is just a different one. A macchiato is one of the like quote unquote specialty drinks I've gotten, I think. And um, when you switch it from grande to venti, it goes from two to three shots. Oh. And then I go to the shot thing and I'd add one more. Oh, so four. <laughs> yep. Have you ever gone a grande with four? No. No, I probably, I probably should. I mean, it's just less milk. Right. Wait, and that's a macchiato? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. Maybe and, there's apps lying to you. And then they call it a quad, and it makes you feel really cool. That, that makes you feel strong. Yeah. They're, they're <laughs> like, quad macchiato for Ryan. <laughs> Thank you. Make sure everyone sees that it's you grabbing like, it. <laughs> Oh, that's me. That's me. Four shot guy here. <laughs> really, uh, really tired. <laughs> um, he goes on, says, also, this is entirely expe- uh, is entirely speculation. But who do you guys think Drew Locke is rooting for in the Super Bowl? Given that KC was his team growing up, but now is his division rival. If you had to pick, is he rooting for Kansas City or San Francisco? Kansas City. You think it's that think easy? It, huh? uh, yeah, I think it. That that's that's the first thing that comes to my mind is it's Kansas City. I'm trying to think if I was in these shoes, and I think that because of that, the answer is Kansas City. Like, he still loves his hometown. You know, he wants good things for the people in his town. Right. Who's he surrounded by when he goes home? You know, I'm sure his dad is now a big Broncos fan and his close family, but his friends and everything probably maybe and maybe his dad is still, you know, a Chiefs fan when the Broncos aren't playing and everything like that. Remember when Drew was asked what his friends say about Patrick Mahomes? <laughs> yes. He's like, yeah, they uh, they think he's really good. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe I think there might be a little bit of him inside who doesn't want the Chiefs to win. But I think overall he's probably pulling for his people. Maybe in one year from now it wouldn't be the Chiefs. Maybe, but maybe he's also like, like, I don't know, something like, I don't want, like, I don't want Mahomes to win one before me or something like that. Couldn't you see though, Drew also wanting the Chiefs to win so that he, just the competitor in him has a chance to beat the Super Bowl champs twice next year? Maybe. It's an interesting thing. I I don't think it's quite so obvious. I think he probably has conflicting feelings inside. I think he wouldn't publicly ever say the chiefs what do you think he would get a chief's tattoo on his back <laughs> oh boy that's probably a no-no right the dove valley two-step on that <laughs> one was tough oh, man. that's a tough one to spin didn't someone else have a tattoo of another team or the chiefs specifically yeah, the, shane ray yeah shane ray but wasn't there someone else i don't think so oh, when i think of it I'll, I'll text you there's some there's some other weird tattoo i thought See, like, Sue Craven's having, like, a Raiders <laughs> tattoo or <Probably>. something. <laughs> uh, next one coming in from... Durow. Durow, 22. Thank you. You had a little French in there, right? Yes, it's yeah. possible. Parlez-vous Francais? Yeah, no. <laughs> After watching this year's Pro Bowl, the entertainment factor for me has dropped. I completely, there was an entertainment factor? Yeah, no, that's why I didn't watch. I completely understand players not wanting to hit or tackle during the game, so I propose a similar change to the NHL All-Star game. 
What about a seven-on-seven tournament? The teams would be created by divisions. So you would have the seven-on-seven team of the AFC West versus seven-on-seven team of the AFC East team, and then South versus North. Then the winners would face off and take on the representatives of the NFC division that made it to the championship. Players are compensated by how far in the tournament they get. I think it would create a more fast-paced entertainment game. My only hiccup is that it makes it pointless for linemen. Thoughts? That was my thought. It's like so linemen just don't count anymore. What if the line what if it you keep it eleven on eleven, but the linemen just stand there? Oh yeah. 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 Like a walkthrough. Here's my proposal. Just get rid of the game. They never will though. I know. But like it is so so utterly dumb. I feel like so some of our listeners have said that they've they've watched it and I would expect nothing less from, from them. But who watches this? Because Ryan, this does like better numbers than the World Series. Does it really? Yeah. That's so dumb. <laughs> I mean, I'm not kidding when I say like there's nothing on TV that I would rather watch less. I agree. I and, and it's almost like an in spite, but also I would turn it on and just be so bored. Uh, yeah, like the Bachelor is like the one like quote unquote trash TV that I watch. All the other ones, I'm the same as you guys are with The Bachelor. But like, I would for sure rather watch an episode of The Kardashians than The Pro. <laughs> oh boy, I don't. That's a tough one for me. At least there's something going on. Might as well rather fall asleep. Yeah, yeah that's good too. Just oh. or like d- drink or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, I like all ideas to make it more interesting, but. There's nothing. There's no point in making players play. They don't want to get hurt, obviously. It's just not worth it. No. It's stupid. There's got to be a way to just do, like, uh, you know, uh, more skills competitions or something. And then, God, they need a a home run derby. Like, not a home run derby, but their version of a home run derby. Something that is legitimately entertaining must see television did you see lamar jackson in the precision passing drill <sighs> yeah that was brutal it was so bad i feel like that's what i everyone expected him to be like yeah i mean if you just took that and you don't know anything else about you're an alien you just came yeah. down yeah you don't know anything else about lamar jackson you're like this guy cannot play quarterback you would have thought that that was his terrible pro day where he was not a first round pick now he's like a seventh round pick it was incredible i mean like the the deep ball one that he kept trying to throw like that's a big target oh it he was so far off i'm i'm kind of sad we didn't get to see drew lock because i think drew lock would light that thing yeah next year we'll be able to see him there we go yeah, I just just get rid of the stupid Pro Bowl. Just give them the honor. Say you get you went to the Pro Bowl. We we'll pay for you to go to Miami if you want. You just do whatever you want for a week. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's it. Is it's it's an honor, and that's what it should end at. I I just the play of Cortland Sutton making that catch keeps playing in my head, and it it just drives me nuts. Disrespectful. It's yeah. It, it's less effort than just r- when they when he just runs a route on nothing in practice. Ugh. That's so bad. So bad. From Oklahoma Bronco 58. 
Thinking about the events of the weekend, it's so surreal still thinking that Kobe is gone so young with so much life in front of him and his daughter. My heart goes out to every family that lost loved ones in that accident, and I pray they will find the comfort and peace through all of this. Kobe was so influential to millions of people, and it was honestly so inspiring at how many people came out and said stories and wrote words about him. Being from Oklahoma, I became a huge Thunder fan when the team moved here, and it felt like the Thunder struggled to get past the Lakers during the beginnings of our young big three, and I couldn't stand him. Uh, which was uh, Kobe was just constantly ripping our hearts out. But looking back on his career, he shaped so many people's mindsets regardless of the sport. Russell Westbrook is my favorite athlete by far. Love it. He says, screw KD. And it's because he had an attitude similar to Kobe, and it was one that you could always count on even when he had bad nights that he was going to keep coming regardless. Sometimes sports don't matter, but times like this make us realize how connected we are emotionally and how sports can really unite us through anything. God rest your soul, Kobe, Gianna, and the other seven involved. His legacy will live forever. Very well said, Oklahoma Bronco, and I think we just became best friends. Go, Russ. I'll I'll give you that, Russ. You're never going to get an off night effort-wise from Russell Westbrook, and I do respect that. Yeah, and it it really does. When when I think of guys that play with Kobe's mindset, it reminds me of Russ. Now, obviously – the same caliber of of player. I mean, Kobe's one of the best ever, but it is fun still to see that, especially when we've got to the era in basketball where guys are taking days off and and, uh, sometimes it doesn't seem like they're going 100%. Yeah, uh, I actually saw an interview last night, an old interview with Kobe, where someone asked him which player currently in the NBA has the most Mamba mentality, and he said Russ. Mm, Love it. So. It is cool, though. You mentioned, you know, how connected we all are. I thought it was really uh, special how everyone came together. And you had artists making beautiful art. And you had writers writing beautiful pieces. And you have, you know, numbers people putting together incredible perspective on his career. And graphics artists putting together. It's just like... Everyone kind of came together to do what they do, did best and honor him in, in one way or another. You had gamers, you know, uh, honoring him on NBA 2K. It's just like – it was like everyone decided to stop what they were doing and do what they do best to honor him. And, of course, it's – I can't even imagine how horrific the past 48 hours have been for the Bryant family and, and for the families of um, the other seven people on board. But I wonder – if they even realized how much of an impact Kobe had before this, because everyone knew how big Kobe was, but I'm even shocked and taken back in, in, in awe in a great way of just how kind of the world stopped, or at least this country stopped for 24 hours, or at least on Sunday, just for to honor Kobe. Yeah, it, I mean, in Denver, and I'm sure in plenty of other basketball cities, like, you were trained to hate Kobe. Yeah. But this showed in one, you know, terrible incident, it showed that no one actually really hated him. Right. It showed why they hated him because he was so freaking good. Right. But in, in the end, it came down and and everyone was like, yeah, I couldn't can't say that I didn't, you know, respect him. Yeah. Yeah. Respect is definitely a good word with him. Next one from Kiwi Bronco. Thanks again for your awesome coverage. One. Bacon and egg pie for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I'm banning this conversation. Egg pie and bacon. If you say egg and bacon. Are we talking about a quiche? Probably, yeah. Okay. Quiche is 100%. Maybe you can say it's brunch, but that's as far in the day as it can go. 
I'm just I'm ending this conversation because no one understands <laughs> the point of it. I'm putting I'm just I'm I'm putting the blood uh blood ban on it. The blood ban the blood bat and breakfast ban. Yeah, well, it's not really breakfast, but uh, keeps it consistent. It keeps it keeps the bees too. With the right wide receivers dropping argument. If we were picking high enough with Wurfs or Lamb are on the board, who would you pick? Personally, I've seen them as similar talent levels, so I'd pick Wurfs as you are more likely to find a good wide receiver in the second round. This is why I think some round one wide receiver talent could drop. Uh, I would pick, pick Wurfs. I'd pick Wurfs easy. Yeah, I think people misconstrue us talking so much about wide receivers as us saying that they should go wide receiver over tackle. It's more just there's only two, maybe three – Really good tackles. I also am starting to really like the Josh Jones kid from Houston. But the elite talent, we always we just been saying you have a higher chance of getting an elite wide receiver at 15 than an elite tackle because the elite tackles will probably be gone. Yep. When it boils down to it, if there are equal talents on the board at 15 with tackle and wide receiver, I'm taking the tackle. But like we said, it's just likely that it's a wide receiver. Yep. From Dylan C. West. I can't pretend to come off as knowledgeable about basketball or Kobe by any means, but despite my ignorance on this, I've been devastated since the news, and that speaks volumes to the legends he was. Thank you guys for taking the opportunity to reflect on him and what he has done. He was truly an incredible human. Your tribute to Start the Pod helped me be a little bit more at peace with this tragedy. Yeah, I, I, I thought uh, the way you guys responded to that just made me feel really good about that because it wasn't so – even though we don't cover the Lakers – we don't cover basketball. It was it was that big an event. So thank you, Dylan West. Yeah, it just wouldn't have made sense to just jump into Broncos talk yesterday. It didn't feel right. Exactly. Next one from Chicago, Bronco 86. Before we start panicking too much about the Chiefs, I think we should consider the Seahawks under Russell Wilson. They won a playoff game his true rookie year, a Super Bowl his second year, and another his third. Nearly another. Nearly another his third. Despite that ridiculous start to his career, he's only gotten better. However... While he's gotten better, the team has struggled to maintain their talent, especially with him getting paid big money. Since that insane three-year start, they've only won one NFC West title and haven't returned to the Super Bowl. He's been truly elite and dragged his team to all but one double-digit win season. But without a complete team, there have been opportunities for other teams in the division. Despite his dominance, this is the second time a division rival has made the Super Bowl. Technically third, but the first was his rookie year. I don't think you can fairly say Mahomes is a tier above Wilson, though he may put up bigger numbers with their, their offense. As such, I think there is plenty of room for the Broncos to succeed, even with Mahomes almost guaranteed to have the Hall of Fame career. Curious about your thoughts? Thanks. Well, Chicago Bronco 86, I know this is coming directly after me, and I appreciate it. But I think you were I think you made fantastic points. I think you were very wrong on one thing. You said you don't think you can fairly say Mahomes is a tier above Wilson. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Patrick Mahomes is a tier above Russell Wilson. Patrick so do you think Mahomes, he's in a tier of his own? Yep. In terms of especially like longevity, I think this past year, Lamar Jackson, it was Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. But in terms of viewing the next 10 years, yeah, I think Mahomes is in a tier of his own right now. Well, if you feel that way, then I think you can. Uh, if, you, if you're talking about the top tier of quarterbacks, it definitely includes uh, Russ. Yes, I Russ is and Mahomes to me is is one, and then there's kind of a significant break, 
in kind of the top three. Ryan, if I were to ask you, who do you want to be your quarterback? You can choose anyone. Mahomes. Don't you think everyone would say that? Yes. 95% of people. And I just think that's kind of the separation there that I'm showing. Um, now, Russell Wilson, he's fantastic. Would I like him on the Broncos? Would I like him on my team if I was a G- Of course I would. So it's no disrespect to him. And you said that Mahomes may put up better numbers. No, he puts up incredibly better numbers. You know the most touchdowns Russell Wilson's ever thrown for in a season? 31. 34. Close. Patrick Mahomes, 55, his first year as a starter. This year, or 50. What do you go for this year? Like a disappointing 40? Yeah, s- yeah. S- something like that. And I know it's he's in a different offense that helps him put up numbers. But I think if you were to put Russ or Patrick Mahomes in any system, he would have better numbers than any quarterback that's currently in that system. So I oh, I, I definitely disagree with that. Really? Yeah. Who do you think would be better? Um, I just think that if you took Russell Wilson and put him in Patrick Mahomes system, and you put took Patrick Mahomes and put him in Russell Wilson system, Russ would have better numbers. No, no, no. I'm saying you take Mahomes and put him in in Russell Wilson's system. I think Patrick Mahomes would still have better numbers than Russ had in that system. Yeah, I think I think that's f- fair. I don't know. It would be it would be interesting to see. I just I do think he is a system quarterback, but oh. I think every quarterback should be a system quarterback. Right. That I don't think that's a slight. The system is built to his strengths meaning that his numbers are somewhat reliant on the system. But what I'm saying is I think Patrick Mahomes is so good, he would fit in any system. Now, would he put up 50 touchdowns in any system? No, that that's not what I'm saying. I just think he is that good that he transcends systems. So, yeah, I think, I mean, right now, guys, I, I know, and we have a few other questions about this later. I know you guys want to be hopeful, and I'm not trying to bash that. But right now, we've seen the greatest start to a career by any quarterback ever. And to me, it hasn't been a fluke. So to me, I can't look at the greatest start by a quarterback ever and say, yeah, it's just going to slow down. And I know there are other factors that could that could hinder it. I just, I'm buying it. I'm buying it. If you don't want to buy it, I don't think you're looking at what's happened. The good news for Mahomes is we'll never have to find out, but let me just ask you this. How good do you think John Elway was? Excellent. John Elway was completely uh, anchored down by a poor system early in his career. Mm-hmm. So it's it's easy to say you think someone to transcend the system when you're seeing the way they operate in the best possible system for them. Um, he never had to go through the Elway years where he didn't play in the best possible system for him. I don't think Elway actually ever played in the best possible system for it. I would agree. I totally agree, although he probably thinks it was the best possible system. Certainly one, <laughs> which is worth something. Uh, from Minnesota Paul, hey, guys, a brief explanation and a question about the Senior Bowl. I graduated from St. John's University. Uh, you're probably going to want to save this for Mace, but I'll keep reading it. I returned to campus this weekend for our alumni track meet, and the buzz around campus was St. John's Ben Barch, who was downplaying the Senior Bowl. I did some Googling. I read some articles that suggest he's a top 100 pick, but most listed him as a later day three pick. Um, and then he asks for the perspective. So, so wait. Ryan, can you give me your scouting report on Ben Barch? Did we get any? Um, nope, and don't, don't look any further. Don't try to cheat this. 
Oh boy, I don't even know if I'm gonna be able to find a scouting report on Ben Barch. I think that he is a pretty shifty slot receiver, um, and uh, you know has a real knack for getting open. Last guy on the practice field, that type of thing. Did you cheat a little bit? Did you read down below and see he was a track athlete? Yeah, yeah, you were. <clears throat> you were pretty close. Can I can I get a size ish? Um. Uh, Five nine one seventy nine. Yeah, yeah. No, Ben Barch at, at six six three oh five. <laughs> he is that shifty slot receiver that, that you described. Dang. Offensive lineman six five. Uh, I shouldn't have cheated because my original <laughs> my original thought based on his name <laughs> was offensive lineman. Yep. Oh yeah, I thought so too. And then I saw the track and I was like, easy wide receiver speedster. Yep. <laughs> wow, he's huge. He is big. Well, shifty too. <laughs> last guy in the gym um miller light 602 what's up boys hope you had a good weekend and monday except for sunday obviously the news about kobe yesterday truly shocked my wife as uh, her high school volleyball coach was kobe's sister she immediately texted her and consoled her heartbreaking i don't know if you guys are into military movies at all but two unbelievable movies that get me to tear up every time are the patriot and braveheart Crazy, crazy good if you guys haven't seen them yet. Uh, if anyone's out here in Phoenix, I'd love to meet up and talk Broncos football. Have a good rest of the week. Have a a uh, thing. Uh-oh. Against military movies? I don't like Mel Gibson. Mm. Yeah. And I don't like any of his movies. Yeah. I, I'm i not drawn to him either. I, I don't think I've ever seen either of those two. And it, it may be more so that they were just older movies. Yeah, they're not, like, old in the sense that, like, they don't look good. Right. But they are older. Yeah. No, so I haven't seen either of them. They're, I mean, they're not bad. I just... Certain actors, you, for some reason, you just don't get up for their movies. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of the same way about Tom Cruise. Oh, I love Tom Cruise. <laughs> I, I just... Oh, Mission Impossible movies are my favorite. Doesn't do it for me. Oh, my God. I love them. Also, like, when he's like a a hero, it it just he's so he's like a tiny. <laughs> I'm like this. Doesn't Maybe that's add, why I'm drawn yeah. to him. <laughs> I'm like this doesn't add up. He could not be fighting these guys. You're saying small people can't can't be winners? No, can't be heroes. I just it it kills some of the realisticness of it for me. So you don't believe in Russell Wilson? I love Russ and Kyler. Yeah. Okay. okay. But they're not like fighting people off <laughs> i don't know sometimes they are in the pocket i don't know i just that's not the main thing for me it's just i i don't find him to be believable yeah wait like his tom, acting tom cruise or yeah, tom mel cruise. gibson or kyler tom cruise tom cruise oh gosh i love Tom. he's the most believable ever he does all his own stunts yeah it doesn't do it for me <laughs> i just cruise right past it whenever ah, i see, him I see what you did <laughs> i think no I'm trying to think if I've dressed. Yeah, I've dressed up like him multiple Halloweens. Top Gun. Yep, <laughs> Top Gun. Um, there's a few others. Got to got to remember them. You oh, did. the one in boxers. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And you were going out in just boxers <laughs> and a, yep. a dress shirt. Yep. All exactly. Right. Glad I missed that one. <laughs> From Mark Shippers. Hey guys, hope all is well. Other than the recent hardship for Mace, but hopefully it's getting better. I also have an embarrassing-ish story of the 2013 AFC Championship game. 
I was a junior in high school, and my dad and I were planning on going. He bought tickets and everything right after they beat the Chargers the week before. Well, January is during wrestling season, as you may or may not know. So pretty much every Saturday is an all-day tournament, which is annoying for the Saturday playoff games. But anyway, the tournament that day was uh, long, and I got home at about 1.30 Sunday morning. We were planning on leaving to go to Denver at 5 or 6 because it's a four-hour drive, and the game was at 2. And uh, and I always want to be there for the early stuff. I was sick because you're always sick during wrestling season, which seems like a problem. (laughs) And tired because waking up at 5 a.m. and wrestling all day then getting home at 1.30 is taxing. Also, I was kind of injured, sore, and had a ton of homework done due Monday that I couldn't do Saturday, that I couldn't do Sunday if I went to Denver. So I let my little brother go, and I watched on TV. I barely even remember the game, just like Ryan. So basically, I turned down to see Brady versus Manning in the playoffs because I was feeling down on myself and wanted to sleep and get caught up on schoolwork. (laughs) Embarrassing for me, TBH. I definitely regret that. I know that was long and everything, but it is the offseason. Thanks for your different uh, for all of your different forms of content. Go DNVR. Mark, I would actually say it's not embarrassing. I'd say that's a very adult decision you made. Yep. I yeah. The one thing that um, personally I disagree with strongly is prioritizing homework. Just because I've never done that once in my life. Or it, <laughs> what what I would have done, I would have done the opposite. I got it done the weekend before or Friday night. Yeah. Of course you would have. <laughs> I would have just not done it and dealt with the repercussions later. Honestly, if I had a chance, if like I somehow just had that much homework where I wasn't able to do it Friday night, I, even me, I would have put the Broncos. Brady Manning playoffs, AFC championship game? The, the thing that I understand, though, is like being sick yeah. and like sore and all that stuff. And you're Wanting just like, drive yeah, you're just like, man, am I really going to be able to even enjoy this? Yeah. Or am true. I just going to be like freezing? It actually turned out to be a really nice day, but like, yeah. am I just going to feel terrible the whole time? Like then it wouldn't have been as fun. Also got to think of the bright side. Your brother got to go and that's pretty exactly, cool for him. Exactly. So I think you're beating yourself up too much, too much about this, Mark. Good decision. Yeah. Next one coming in from Iceman. Hey friends, hang in there with your emotions. RIP GG and Kobe, two players were double zero in the NFL. Jim Otto and Ken Burrow. Only journalist George Plimpton ever wore a single zero in the NFL. Get well, May. Sorry about George. Super Bowl 54. Give me San Fran straight up. Go Broncos, Drew, C-U-D-U-D-N-V-R. Hey, we both got the our college shout-outs. Heck yeah. <laughs> Buffs surging. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, the line has gotten smaller. So What's, is it a pick'em? That tells me the the uh, the rich people believe that the 49ers have a chance here. Rich people is in smart people, or rich people is in just one person. Put the a rich and smart sports betters. Because mm. what did it open up at? One. I thought it was one and a half. Okay, could have been that. And it's one now. Uh, I'm shocked. I thought it was going to move up to three. What do you think makes them decide on it being one point or a pick'em? No idea. Because the line doesn't change. I guess maybe it's just they have like a system and it just moves it based on where the money is automatically. Right. And so it's just at one and like it could go to zero or yeah. I can't. Patrick Mahomes. I can't believe people are sleeping on him. (laughs) People aren't sleeping on Patrick Mahomes, who obviously most famously in his career once played with Alex Smith. Um, But they're just saying like defense wins championships. It's true. I mean, the Broncos know that. And that's how I was feeling one week ago from right now. 
was I was feeling the 49ers, but I just can't anymore. I can't. Yeah, I'll just I, – I, I'll say this. Four-man pressure is everything. I watched that Broncos 2013 AFC Championship game. They didn't even have a good defense, but they kept getting four-man pressure. Yeah, but here's the thing is – Patrick Mahomes can just run backward and avoid that pressure and then throw it and still get a 30-yard completion. He's he so different than any other quarterback. I keep having this like premonition that he's going to make a really big mistake. Which we Which would be totally we, out of character. Which we haven't seen. Yep. If he does, I mean that's what they need to do in order to get in the game, in order to stay in, in order to to beat him. It's crazy. He plays like he's invincible because he basically has been. <laughs> yeah. You know, like he's never made that just back-breaking error. Yeah. No, he hasn't. I think he did throw a pick in the Patriots. No, because I think I saw that he's 11 touchdowns, zero interceptions in the playoffs. God, this guy's ice cold. Yeah, I don't know why. I just keep imagining like exactly kind of what you were just talking about. Like he throws one off his back foot and someone steps in front of it and it's like a pick six or just something that just changes the entire game. No, but I'd be shocked if Nick Bosa steps in his face, takes him down, and he throws it up and Richard Sherman picks one off. I wouldn't be shocked, but we haven't seen it. We haven't seen it happen. I got to tip my cap to Tyree Kill, which it's tough to get me to do. Last night he was asked, like, do you have a message for Richard Sherman going into this game? And he was like, oh, yeah. I got a message. Turn, make sure you have your cameras on. Richard, I respect you a lot. You're very good. <laughs> and I'm excited to compete with you. And I hope that maybe we can even switch jerseys or trade jerseys after the game. <laughs> and I was like, all right, that was good. That yeah, was good. that is pretty good. Got the entertainment value in too. Yep. Next one coming in from Crash. OMG, six espresso shots at once, but he spends the rest of the day on the toilet. I don't. It's not like a, a rest of day type of thing. <laughs> just a one-time thing? Yeah. Probably if you have one or six, it doesn't really matter, right? Yeah, just gets things going and you go on with your day. Speaking of going on with your day, now on to PB&J. Next time you have one, mix the peanut butter and jelly in a bowl first. It's better that way. Now well, on to football. Hold on. What do you think about that? It sounds good. So, like, when I make um, peanut butter and honey, which... Mm so good yeah i like to take the back of the spoon which i use to spread the peanut butter of course and kind of just swirl the honey in there you know it's not like fully right. mixing it right. but it keeps it from the honey dripping yeah smart and it, i like the consistency that the peanut butter becomes it's a little more thin a little creamier yeah yeah a little bit and just like more smooth mm. do you ever throw bananas on that yep yeah fantastic so just i don't hate the idea but I, it's it seems unnecessary but it has to be like uh, burritos, right? Sometimes you like them all mixed together. That's Sometimes you true. like them separate. So maybe I need to try the mixed. Although either way, when you're eating a PB and J, because of the C method, right. you're always getting <laughs> both in every bite. Oh, could you imagine eating it with the U method <laughs> and only eating one? Well, you could do just the one. Um, like if you only have one slice of bread left, uh-huh. then you like do it taco style. But then you're still getting both. Yeah, you are. Yeah. You could, yeah. <laughs> Man, when someone showed me the way that they ate the cheese steaks with like biting one side and then the other side, it just, I didn't understand. No, no, that's weird. <sighs> I really want to 
<laughs> he goes on and says, now on to football. I know I'm in the minority, but I never want the NFC to win the Super Bowl. What? Having lived through an AFC drought starting in the mid-80s, I think of of 10 years, I can't bring myself to cheer for any NFC team. So Sunday, I will be cheering for the Chiefs. Wow. I mean, just because I think the Chiefs win doesn't mean I'm cheering for them. I... I'm going to let you off because you're a subscriber and I love all subscribers, but this is the wrong opinion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's there's just, the, there's no defense. It's the chiefs. I don't care. Honestly, if the AFC never wins a Super Bowl ever again, <laughs> as long as that means the chiefs don't you, then you'd still have the all time series. Right. Over. All, well, you'd be tied with the Raiders. I don't think it matters if, the AFC doesn't win the Super Bowl. I mean, I understand how a drought could make you. Obviously, I, I wouldn't trade the AFC forever because that would mean the Broncos could never win again. Right. I mean, like, what are we even doing here? <laughs> we want a parade soon. Oh, man. Drew. I could see after a drought you cheering for the Dolphins. Oh, I mean, any other AFC team other than the Patriots, Chiefs, Raiders. I don't even really care about the Chargers. Right. You feel bad for them. Yeah. Like, okay. You can <laughs> go ahead. Have one. Any other AFC team I'm fine with. I wouldn't root against them, probably. No, I wouldn't either. But the Chiefs? I, usually in the Super Bowl, I just pick off of players. Like, oh, what players do I like? So you're cheering for Emmanuel Sanders? Is that why you're choosing the 49ers? You know me. Big Emmanuel. <laughs> no, I love Debo. Yep. He's probably yeah, my favorite do. player in the game. Yeah. Um, I actually do really like Richard Sherman. He's one of my least favorite players in the NFL. Sometimes he gets – I shouldn't say I really like him, but I I, I I lean a little bit towards his side of things. Um, big Jimmy G guy? Nope. Big, but I, but big, I like Jimmy G better than Mahomes. I can't believe the headlines coming out of his press conference was that Tom Brady told him to go and win it. Oh, I mean, that, thanks, that, Tom. Oh, right. <laughs> I have to imagine that came in the form of a text. Man, too. I really don't like very many players in this game at all. No. Do you, what tight end do you like? Do you like the tight ends? I dislike both of them. Yeah, me too. But hmm, I guess I would go Kittle over yeah, Kelsey. you have to. Nick Bosa? Nope. No, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I do enjoy watching him play because he's a freak. But <laughs> just leave it there. Uh Tyree yeah. Kill, you big Tyree <laughs> Kill guy? Certainly not. No, I'm, I'll be pulling for Richard Sherman in that one. That's for sure. Why are there so no cool players in this game? No. No, I mean, the, the, the people that they kept showing after media day was obviously the quarterbacks and the tight ends. You got, like, Buckner, Armstead. Those guys are okay, I guess. In terms of, like, people, I don't know anything about them. Personalities, I don't know anything about them. Yeah. The coaches, um, I guess, have some oh, pizzazz. Oh, okay. I definitely like Kyle Shanahan more than Andy Reid. Yeah. Yeah. But Andy Reid's got his stick. You know, he was wearing the Hawaiian shirt yesterday. You know something that uh, really gets on my nerves? What? When people say, like, so-and-so deserves this. Oh, yeah. No, they, no, they don't. No. they. The other guy deserves just as much. No one's going to say that. You don't deserve anything in sports. You earn everything. It's true. Were they saying that about Andy Reid? Yep. Yeah. He doesn't deserve it. He's overrated. If he wins it, then he deserved it. Right. If he doesn't, right. then he didn't. Right. 
and I realize like it's not all on them, but it's, there's n- I don't believe in actually anything being deserved except for like honors. Like you can deserve to be a Pro Bowler or an All Pro or a Hall of Famer. Right. Am I wrong for my biggest fear about the Chiefs winning this game? Because I think they're going to win. My biggest holdback of that is Andy Reid. Am I wrong for that? Should he be like the biggest reason they win or second biggest reason they win? He's never done it before. Yeah. Yeah, I've always always thought he was overrated. Past couple of years doesn't really look like it, but. You're only as good as your quarterback. It's really true. From J Money Stack 97. Hey guys, so I was thinking about how Case was apparently not liked in the locker room. I was wondering if maybe that's why John was willing to move on for so, uh, so soon and try Flacco instead. Yeah, I think it's a big part of it. I think that um, Case would have made sense for a pay cut as your backup this year. Mm-hmm. But nobody liked him. And then the same exact thing goes for Joe Flacco. Yep, exactly. That's why Joe Flacco won't be here. Hacksack chimes in and says, I'm sure this has been clarified in previous pods, but... When talking about prospects, how do you define elite? Hall of Fame potential. Mm-hmm. Uh, all pro. Should be an all pro someday. Yeah. And what? That's why we say there's top five picks. Absolutely, you should be getting one. Top 10, you could be. Mm-hmm. And top 15, you're probably not. Pretty much everything after that is yep. a crapshoot. Yep, I agree. He goes on and says, also, Pavlov, Pav. Love is phenomenal. Pavlova. Pavlova, thank you. Is phenomenal. I married a native Colorado gal. We got married at Evergreen. For the dessert, my dad made like 15 Pavlovas and introduced my entire in-law family to them. They're a huge part of my family. And as far as I understand, Kiwis invent inv- invented it. It. We Aussies stole oh Kiwis, because I was thinking of the fruit, but yeah. No, oh, <laughs> like the, the people from New Zealand. Right, exactly. So you got married in Evergreen. Would you say that your love is evergreen? Uh, it's probably why they got married there. I like it. I, if I was officiating the wedding, I would have made that joke. So Pavlova. Did you Google it yet? Yeah. What okay. is it? <laughs> um, so we know it's dessert. Yep. Dessert. Meringue? Oh, are you guessing? No. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> it sounded like a question. <laughs> what do you mean meringue <laughs> it's a meringue based dessert so it's like a little mini pie kind of i don't know i mean there are so <laughs> many different looking things of this what is it what's the shape pie shaped mm, one of them's pie shaped another is literally mush on a plate hmm. so uh oh it's elegant yep it's meringue meringue is i thought meringue was just like whipped egg whites yeah, that's what it is. Sugary whipped egg whites. It's just that? And then it said there's whipped cream on top, too. What? It's <laughs> <laughs> putting a different type of... You're putting a different type of whipped dairy? Whipped sugar. <laughs> or not dairy. What are, all right, what is it? What is egg? Yeah. I don't know. I, I always get confused with egg. It's, it's, it's not... It's not vegan, I'll tell you that. What group does it go in egg would just be dairy right oh but yeah what is it no not dairy dairy mm. comes from cows or from an udder okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> eggs are just eggs <laughs> like you go to the eggs and dairy section of the store yeah yeah i guess you wouldn't say you're going to the dairy section to get eggs well you would because that's where they are but, but it's they're the not eggs dairy. And dairy eggs 
are just eggs. <laughs> we're overthinking this and now we're confused um congrats on marrying a colorado girl though yeah good for you from bronco nugs guys we need justin simmons signed asap i just did a madden franchise in the broncos won super bowl 58 and justin simmons was the mvp wow at age what 58 what are we on 54 oh wow that's really not that far away i feel like we're still on 50 <laughs> So, four years from now. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, the end of his contract. Has any team ever had two defensive M- uh, Super Bowl MVPs? I don't know. What do you think, Mace? Ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> also, when do you think we'll know about Justin? John Elway kind of like alluded to maybe getting that stuff done early this year. Yeah, John said he wanted to start that. Pr- a couple months ago, he said this. He wanted to start that process in February, talking to his own free agents. We'll see if that's beginning of February, end of February. I don't think it'll be fast with Justin. I think it's going to be the franchise tag. Interesting. I mm-hmm. think it's going to be fast. Hmm. One should... offer. Yeah. One a- as it always goes <laughs> with John. <laughs> uh, True champ fan 24. Just because I want to get greedy. Greedy Williams? Oh. And get lock every weapon possible. If Denver somehow landed rugs and firmly decided they were going wide out in the second as well, why would, why would they firmly decide that? <laughs> I don't know. I love Mims. I know he's got a shot. Uh, I know he's a legit shot for shot for Cortland, but how many times have you seen quarterbacks give wideouts a jump ball and their wideout just doesn't put the effort in? Not often. Yeah, no. It's a quartet of Sutton, Ruggs, Mims, and Fant would give Locke both the security for those crucial catches over the middle and stay ahead of the chains uh, and explosiveness to generate big plays and free up space for Phil to chew up yards in the run game. I'd take speed in the first and Cortland, Sutton, Cologne in the second all freaking day. Love the pod. Keep up the good work. Shout out to Gabe, Missouri Bronco, and Travis for reaching out. Yeah, that. Uh, I think if you get a guy at fifteen, you have you just have other other areas to address. I have no problem with doubling down. Um, it just has to be like, for me, it would be like some guy fell. Like maybe it's Lavisca, and you're just like, man, it's worth it. Kind of like Drew Locke last year. Right. He fell, and you're just like, we got to make a move to get this guy, too. How can we not take this guy sort of deal? Yeah. But then what What if you haven't addressed offensive line at all in free agency? Drew barely got sacked. And now he's going to be able to get the ball out quicker because he's got two guys? Mm-hmm. Man, if it's the right guy, I'm down for it. Mims just doesn't grab my attention. You know one player that I like on the 49ers that just doesn't exist anymore? Not Emmanuel Sanders. Marquise Goodwin. Like oh, just, yeah. No, he's done. He has Olympic speed. Yep. And they just – he's gone. It doesn't play. He could be He could be a guy the Broncos target. Would make sense. Yeah. To literally target him once you get him. <laughs> uh, yes. Which the 49ers never do. I wonder why they're not – why they don't, though. I don't know. It could be a, an Emmanuel Sanders situation. Mm, yeah. He's hurt? Or what are you saying? Uh, just <laughs> – <laughs> you know. From the Big Tabowski, forget who's asking for ideas for images to go in a frame, but Von Miller's sack on Cam must be up there just after he rich, rips the ball. Also, a second after Demarius Thomas catches it, when you realize he can take it to the house, can't remember who threw him the ball. Yeah, that's a that's a really good one. Real quick, shout out to Denver Rubber Company, DRC. They're your go-to for anything rubber, whether it's custom hoses or anything for your snow plows. You guys know who they are. They're tried and true since 1972. It's Denver Rubber Company. They're local. 
But the call is toll free. I've always wanted to say that. One eight hundred two five nine zero zero one zero, or go to drcfirst.com slash dnvr. Net Big Tabowski also says, "Sorry, listening to the pot at the moment. You guys say caramel instead of caramel. Is that a Colorado thing? Not heard that before. We say caramel. Caramel. Yeah, I think it is a Colorado thing. Is it really? Yeah. Well, caramel is an East Coast thing." And maybe, like, beyond that. Okay, caramel is right. When you look at the word and you pronounce it, that's right, but it's wrong. It's wrong. It's caramel. You sound ridiculous saying caramel. Uh, yeah, it's like crayons. Crayons. Yes. <laughs> so I think I th- whenever we're on the same page about something, I just assume it's a Colorado thing. I th- yeah, you're probably right about that. How do you pronounce those big things up there? Mountains. Mountains, yeah. <laughs> when you really listen to that slowly, we're just mushing a bunch of oh, letters God, together yeah, at the end. It's like we're saying DNVR. It's spelled mountains. M-O-U-N-N-N-S. <laughs> mountains. <yeah. laughs> we just completely forget more than half the word. <laughs> it's pretty great. Mountains. We don't even, there's no T sound in there. No, and there absolutely should be. Yep. Where else M-O-U-N-N-N-S. Do we... <laughs> we drop the T anywhere else? Accos? Let's go get some Accos <laughs> on Tuesday. <laughs> what? Yeah, I think caramel is it's a regional thing. Okay, yeah. What do you call um, the little bugs that can fly around and also light up? Oh, they're fireflies. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not like other people call them like, God, I can't remember. <laughs> I do. Right. I think we had this conversation a couple of years ago, maybe. Yeah. And then like roly polies. Yeah. Is that what you call those? Yeah, what else could they be? I don't know. Other people <laughs> call it like June bugs or something. I don't even know. Maybe June bugs are the light up ones. Oh, gosh. Could you imagine though, if, if someone's never heard of roly poly and it, they call them like slugs or something and they were to hear us say roly poly for the first time? <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole show, Roly Polioli. Oh yeah! <laughs> so we know we're right on that one. Yep. Have you ever thought about how crazy fireflies are? I don't really know what they are. Have you never seen them in real life? I no, actually, I don't think I have. I used to. I think they are in like I don't know if the word is like swamp areas, but I used to live by a creek, mm. and they they were there. What are they? They're like I know the idea of them, but how do they work? I don't know. But they just light. They're just they're a like glo- ball of light. Yeah, it's incredible. That seems like a really, really bad evolutionary thing for them. Right, just lights them just up for their predators. Like, Pray or, 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 or food. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of like things in the ocean that do that too. That's true. That's kind of like a defense. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Yeah, I know in find, Finding Nemo, I think there's one of them. <laughs> from dan burke just something that crossed my mind caden smith tight end from stanford was drafted by the 49ers in 2019 he spends all off season learning the shanahan offense on week two of the regular season he gets cut by the 49ers and a couple days later gets claimed by the giants by week 10 he's playing 57 percent of the snaps for the giants the following week that goes up to 98 percent and from then on he's playing the majority if not all the snaps on offense my train of thought is that maybe there are more similarities between the Shanahan and Shermer offenses than we think, and it won't be that much of a learning curve for our players. If a rookie at tight end, no less, 
can pick up the offense to the point where he's playing 90% of the snaps in a space of nine weeks, then maybe there won't be so much of a learning curve. Yeah, I mean, you know the saying, if Caden Smith can do it, who can't? No, I actually think <laughs> that he's on to something here. And I think yeah, yeah. The, the terminology should be the same. As far as I know, it should be the same. Do you like that? No. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it. One of my least favorite parts of that offense. Yep. Makes no sense. But Pat Shermer's not going to be a... I shouldn't say it makes no sense. Mark Schlereth once clarified this to me, and what he said made sense. So I, I shouldn't say it doesn't make sense. Basically, what he says is, would you rather one player tell everyone what to do on each play, or the players have to know what they're supposed to do based on the play call? Right. So it takes out... If you trust your quarterback right. to be smart then it just takes out a variable. He literally the, – the reason the play calls are so long, he's telling every player what they're supposed to do on the play. Last year, Drew had the play sheet on his wrist, and some people made that a big deal. We certainly didn't make it a big deal. Will it be a big deal with Pat Shermer? Do you think Pat's going to say absolutely not? If he does, FOH, you know. <laughs> like, you just do what's, whatever works best for the most important player on the field. F-O-H. You don't, you don't know that one? Fear of house? No. If you're going with that, you should have said fear of horror. Fear of horror. Yeah, that'd be a good one. Uh, I'll figure it out. It, maybe I'll help you out by adding the, the extra letters. Okay. G-T-F-O-H. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That helps me. Thank you. It's just been shortened <laughs> to just F-O-H. Because that's, you know, it gets yeah. the point across. Both. Yeah. Oh, what is it? <laughs> from oklahoma broncos evil twin troy tulowitzki nolan arenado and trevor story are in the words of john anderson former drillers right ah it was a tulsa drillers yes. before the hartford yard goats man i love did you like Tulo? <sighs> i was sad to see him go he was he just was an a-hole was he really but like so was kobe you know, right. Some of the greats and I, he's not obviously on the same platform, although like he would have been an, an all time great baseball player if he didn't get injured all the time. Yeah. Some of those guys, they just they I think Kobe understood it a little bit more, but like Tulo expected everyone to work as hard as him. And if they didn't, he didn't like them. Yeah. What was it? You you, you sent uh, our slack something of uh, Lou Williams, was it? Where yeah, that's so, <laughs> so af incredible. after the Lakers got blown out, Kobe went and took all of their Kobe shoes away. <laughs> and he said, y'all are too soft for these. <laughs> Which like, I know, like, I know what Kobe was doing. Like, yeah. That was, he was playing a mental game with them. But yeah. the, the way he, in which he went about it is hilarious. It is hilarious. Did you see what he said about um, the Nuggets and George Carl in an older interview? No. Oh boy. So he's talking about like the first time he went up against Michael Jordan in the all-star game. Okay. And um, he's like, I really felt like I earned Michael's respect because I was like going toe to toe with him. And we were having this great battle. And George Carl was the coach of the all-star team that year. And he's like, and then George Carl just didn't play me one minute in the fourth quarter. Oh. He's like, and from that day on, oh. I had a grudge against George oh. Carl. And every time I went up against the Nuggets in the playoffs later in my career, I was just like, 
F this guy. I'm not letting them oh, get past me. Oh, God. And he held true to his word. He did not let the Nuggets get past him. Yeah, if only Anthony Carter could throw an inbounds pass, maybe he wouldn't have been able to give that quote. That was so brutal. But as I was saying um, to some people who also watched that video last night, Kobe's the type of guy who would have found any reason oh, to yeah. feel that way. You know, it's yeah. like that was just the one that he used. But he, he like, maybe would have said, like, one time I heard Carmelo and he was ranking the best players of all time and he ranked me third. Yeah. Like and after that, I was like, he's never beating me. You know right. what I mean? Like, yeah. Yep. He's or the type of person who will find a reason to have a little bit extra motivation. Yeah. Or Carmelo made a shot on me with 10 minutes left in the second quarter. And I said, that's it. And he like, no more. He like yelled something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Next one coming in from B more Bronco. Hi guys. One area of free agency that always seems to be underutilized is a restricted free agency market. One of the few instances I can recall, other than C.J. Anderson in Miami, is when the Patriots signed Emmanuel Sanders to an offer sheet and forced the Steelers to match. Could you see Denver making a play at any of the restricted free agents, such as Mike Hilton, Austin Eckler, Matt Breda, Matt Skura, Raven Center, or Jacob Hollister? I would imagine Hilton and Eckler could be given round two tenders, while Breda, or Breda Skura, and Hollister would be given original round tenders. For Skura, Hilton, and Eckler, it wouldn't be the worst thing to steal a young, proven player or force a few teams in our conference to break out the checkbooks. Thanks, and go Broncos. We haven't seen this under John Elway. Yeah, that's a rare. it's kind of a rare thing. I don't really know why, but like, yeah. I guess the one memory we do have is John Elway got cheap on C.J. Anderson. Yep. And then the Dolphins put out an offer sheet, and the Broncos had to match it, and it was really poorly played by the Broncos. To me, it makes absolutely no sense. If you want a guy, just throw the second-round tender on him. Easy. You know, they did that with— No one's giving away their second-round picks. No, they did it with Shelby Harris last year. If someone gives a second-round pick for Shelby Harris last year, fantastic. Thank, thank you. Yeah. Great, yeah. If not, you're paying him $3 million compared to if you put the low-round tender on him, like they did with C.J. Anderson, where Miami then went and forced Denver to pay him. You're paying him like 1.2. I mean, come on, cough up the one one point eight million dollars. And then the Broncos signed CJ to what a three year twenty one million dollar deal or something. Yeah, it was big. So then they just lost tons a of ton money. of money off that. Yep. Silly. And then and they were got desperate, remember, because they were losing everyone from the Super Bowl team. Yep. They should have just let him go. They should have. But they were scared. Silly. Win now. Got him there, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, from Virginia Beach Broncos. As part of your world tour, you've got to try out some amusement parks. Don't get me wrong. I love Elitch's. Worked there for eight years on major rides when I was at Arvada High School in CU. The other roller coaster at the old park besides Mr. Twister was Wildcat. And once it left the station, you couldn't see it until it returned. We had to run a safety check every morning. And my buddy Dave and I would wait until we were out of sight to lock open our lap bars which you could do from the seat, undo our seatbelts, and ride it like a bucking Bronco. Oh, my God. It was God. the dumbest thing I've ever done looking back on my life. But, you know, you're indestructible at that age. <laughs> that sounds pretty awesome, though. It does. <laughs> Late nights at the park. It must have been fun. Yeah, yeah, I bet. I'm glad you're okay, though. You live to tell the story. Next next one coming in from Pig Tosser 66 Appreciate you guys starting off the pod paying respect to Kobe. I'm a Colorado sports fan who moved to Southern California in 2007, so Kobe definitely became more and more a part of my everyday life just by me being here, having a bunch of Lakers friends and coworkers, and just seeing all of the Lakers coverage everywhere. Unbelievably sad day yesterday. 
L.A. was Kobe's city, and there was a dark cloud over Southern California the entire day. It actually was very eerie. As a father of a 15-year-old girl, the news that Gianna was with him really shook me. Also, Kobe was beginning to show me that his second act had a chance to be just as great as his first. Just devastating. R.I.P. Kobe, Gigi, and the seven other people who lost their life on Sunday. Yeah, I think that's what really has everyone shaken to the core. It's not just that he was a great basketball player or anything like that, or even a global icon as a basketball player. It was like, man, he was really gearing up to do special things in the world. Yep. And that's what just kills me. And then, of course, Gigi, too, like, you know, she had a whole legacy in front of her. Yeah, exactly. They, they both had so much left. From Rebel Rousers. Hello, all. Still one of the best Broncos coverage out there. I kind of take offense to that. <laughs> one of. Still one of. Like, maybe we're slipping away. Yeah, just kidding, just (laughs) kidding. Zach, question for you. Do you believe that PFM was overrated before he came to the Broncos? Reason I ask is because it seems to me that Aaron Rodgers is having about the same career that PFM was until he signed with us. Thanks for the great coverage for those of us that don't live in Colorado. Before I found you all, I was always having to hear about the Seahawks. Ugh. Well, I'm glad we could save you from that. Any, well, especially, oh, gosh, speaking of Richard Sherman, that talk was ridiculous a long time ago. But... Anyways, what talk of Richard, just Richard Sherman was even worse when he was with the Seahawks. Well, yeah, he, but he's gotten better since then. Although after I said that, I remembered he was doing this thing with the media all year this year that really got on my nerves. What was he doing? He was just like, if you said we weren't going to be good, you don't get to say we're good now. Like stick to your word. Come on. Stick to your word. If you thought we were going to be trash, you don't get to change your mind. now. Say it. Say we're still trash. I'm like, that's not how this works. Oh, it's the worst because I can see it happening with the Broncos. What do you mean? In like three years, players that will remember the media bashing the Broncos when they were three straight losing seasons. Yeah, if you didn't like, if you didn't think we were good then, you're not allowed to think we're good now. It's if like, you weren't cheering for us, then you can't cheer. Well, that's not really how the media yeah. works. <laughs> the thing is, like, if shouldn't we? I think we should be encouraging to people to change their minds when they're wrong. Yes. Not discouraging. Absolutely, them. absolutely. Take all the information you have, right? Right. Like you can say something, be wrong about it. Later, realize you were wrong yep. and change your mind to the new to the now right thing. In and fact, no it's a huge problem in our world that people yes. are not willing to do that. Yeah, no one's going to blame you for changing your mind. No, but yeah, he he kept doing that after like every game. Yep. He's like, they won their fifth game. He's like, oh, I thought some of you said we were going 4-12. and 12. <laughs> You still think we're going 4-12? and 12? You should. <laughs> That's so annoying. And who else is annoying is Aaron Rodgers. And no, I do not view Peyton. Did I view him as overrated? Absolutely not. I think some national people did, though, when he came here because he only had one Super Bowl. And I thought that talk was annoying because Peyton... Yeah, they were winning like 12 or 13 games every year. Exactly. And I think that's the difference is Peyton lifted his team just to a different level than Aaron Rodgers. Peyton, five-time MVP. Five times. That's nuts. Rodgers has two. I guess by the end of his career, he could add two more potentially. Uh, I just – people with Aaron Rodgers – and here's what gets me. When Peyton was winning five MVPs, they would say, oh, most talented quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. Who would you rather have if you're starting a dynasty? Aaron Rodgers. And it's – that's what really frustrated me about him See, and then he still hasn't done anything since so it's just grown you're the th- you're doing the thing where your friend tells you dude this is the greatest movie of all time <laughs> you have to watch it yeah 
And you watch it and you're like, hey, it was good. <laughs> right. Well, right. Why did you say it was the greatest movie of all time? Yeah. I can think of 17 other movies that right. are better, you know. Right. And then so you knock it down because of that. Right. Now you like you feel um, some anger towards the movie because you got so excited over exactly. it. Exactly. And so my anger towards Aaron Rodgers is isn't just well, it's now I'm knocking him down because if he really is the most talented quarterback of all time to ever play, which has been talked about a lot since he exited the playoffs, why does he only have one Super Bowl? So that shows me that he has been very disappointing if he's that good. My thing, yeah, my thing is that the in terms of comparing Rodgers and Manning, the regular season wins don't equate. And even the playoff success doesn't equate. You know, Peyton was usually moving on in the playoffs. It wasn't a lot of early exits. Right. Yep. It's a very good point. Thank you for that. Oh, maybe he did have a couple too many early exits. I'm ah, trying to remember. Destroy the Broncos in a couple. Yeah, that's what I remember. God. Just like, oh, God, Peyton Manning again. <laughs> yeah. No. Maybe it won't be. Okay, yeah, it's going to be as bad. Yep. Is that, uh, you know, that's <laughs> how you think we're going to feel about Patrick Mahomes here pretty soon. Yep, I do. I do. It felt so different against Peyton. Just remembering, like, just you just knew. Yeah, you knew you had no chance. Like, you thought you did, and then you saw the beginning of the game, and yep. you're like, oh, exactly. right, this guy. Right, he's still going to pick the defense apart. Okay, yep. It's like third and seven, and he runs up to the line. He's like, <laughs> check, check. And that was the like, worst. Oh, God. <laughs> he sees what they're doing. And you're uh, like, here we go. <laughs> Next thing you know, Austin Collie's running wide right. open over the middle. Yep. yep. <laughs> I didn't remember this. Austin Collie was a Patriot in the 2013 AFC Championship game. Really? Yeah, I didn't remember that at he all. He had a he had a ton of concussions, right? Or was that not him? That was probably Wes Welker. Oh uh, yeah, I know. I know Wes was in there too, with the huge helmet. Yeah. Is Wes Welker a Hall of Famer? Yes. Without a doubt. He changed football. Yep. I agree. And he, and he has the stats. He's just like Eli Manning. Well, Eli didn't really change football, but. <laughs> no. Well, he changed the course of yeah. the decade or the yeah, he did. two decades. All right. From Wooly Wookie. Zach, Zach, Zach. Disappointed to hear you be such a Debbie Downer on yesterday's pod when you went on and on about how Mahomes <laughs> and the Chiefs are going to be in the AFC championship game for the next decade or more. I don't think you said that. Did you? Did you? Uh, Ish. Yeah, I guess. How many AFC championships in the 2020s? In the 2020? Yeah, no, I never said playoff success or Super Bowls. Yeah. You just said they're going to win the AFC West more than 60% of the time? Sure, yeah. I'll stand by that. I guess that has to be 70 because we, we, we're working sure. on a I'll 10. I'll go 70, yeah. Seven in the next 10 AFC. Yep. All right. Um, all I have to say to you is open your eyes. <laughs> the only time we've ever seen such dominance is with Brady and Belichick who have had a joke of a division to compete for for the last 15 years and therefore have had an easy route to the title game. Take away a once-in-a-generation coach and quarterback combo, and all the other great quarterbacks, whether it be Manning, Breeze, Rodgers, etc., have all had success, but only managed to get to the title game a few times in their careers. Do you really think that Mahomes and Reed as a combo have anywhere near the long-term success of Brady and Belichick? Yeah. I think now do do I think they will? No. Do I think they can? Yes, absolutely because what have I seen? It's not like I saw one year in between Mahomes two great seasons and I'm just choosing to ignore that. I think you guys you have your orange tinted glasses on and you're choosing to ignore what we've seen so far. Guys, 
if if Patrick Mahomes wins on Sunday, he becomes the youngest player to ever win a Super Bowl and the MVP at 24 years old. The guy right now who has that is Brett Favre at 27. So he would be blowing this record really out of the water. And so, yeah, he's doing things that we've never seen before that is is blowing things away. So I can't look at Patrick Mahomes and say, ah, yeah, classic case if he's going to be slowing down. No, because we've never seen this type of success before. What I think you're really not counting here is what made the Patriots so great. Okay. One is the combination of coach and quarterback, which I think they do have. Okay. Um, two, though, is Brady not chasing dollar signs. Right. That was a massive thing. Three, the systems that they have in place aren't player dependent at all. And so it just doesn't matter who's in there. The system just chugs along. And that, I think, is the most unique part about the Patriots. I don't think Brady is the most unique part about the Patriots. I don't think he has really anything that some of the other great quarterbacks haven't had. But it's the fact that uh, try to name five players on the defense. You can't. It just doesn't matter. They bring them in there. The system never changes, and it just goes. And I think they might have that on offense. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to work like that for them on defense. And I don't and think special ma- teams. And I don't think it matters on defense. That's another thing about the Patriots. They've always had a historically great kicker. Yeah, and the Chiefs have Dave Tobe, Dave Taub. <laughs> great, great special teams. They had Brock Olivo back in the day, too. Uh, and uh, it doesn't matter what their defense is like. It doesn't. Yes, in terms does. of the regular season success, which I think they're going to have, the 7 out of 10 AFC West titles, it doesn't. Last year they did it with ease, and they fired their defensive coordinator because their defense was so bad. It, it doesn't matter. And that was Patrick Mahomes' first year. And I also You're, don't... In terms of regular season success, it doesn't matter. And Right. And I also don't think with the weapons on offense it matters. Because look what they just did. They just said, ah, we're probably not going to have Tyreek Hill. And they shouldn't have had Tyreek Hill this past year. We're just going to go use a second-round pick and go out and get Hardman. And look, he's been... He's not the same. Uh, he's, been, he's been dangerous. Because he's the fifth option. I think if he were out there, he would have been just fine. Be just fine. But one, I mean, if they lose Kelsey, that's a game changer for them. But here's the thing. Just sign Patrick Mahomes, sign Kelsey, sign a really, really, really fast guy, a.k.a. it could be Tyreek Hill. I don't care what the rest of your weapons are. Offensive line doesn't really matter because Patrick Mahomes is that good. Yeah, I mean, I guess where we just keep getting caught up is a you're right about the regular season success. I, the thing that you can't guarantee is the Super Bowls or yeah. even AFC Championship appearances. Yeah, and I agree. I agree with that. Okay, uh, from TrueUte59, question, would you consider the Tebow to Thomas walk-off touchdown against the Steelers to be a classic moment of the 2010s for the NFLs or just a classic moment for the Broncos? Easily one of my favorite moments of the last decade. Keep up the good work, gents. Easily a, a great moment of the decade. Oh, for In the fact, entire NFL. I would maybe say one of the be- one of the most memorable plays of all time. Oh, absolutely. And in fact, of course, when you talk about greatest moments, you probably talk about how can you not say it was the Super Bowl. But if you kind of take that away, even including that, this is the greatest play. It's like the helicopter is probably the greatest play. Right. And then this is second. Yeah. Yeah. It was. And like strip away your feelings about Tebow or any like 
We're talking about a playoff game that went to overtime. That's already super rare. Yeah. And then the first play of overtime was an 80-yard touchdown. And it was That's one of a kind. It was Tim Tebow. It was a filthy filthy stiff arm by DT and it was 80 yards of eruption. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like the there's an octave it hits when he catches the ball. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. Then he does the stiff arm and it's like, yeah. <sighs> yeah. Then everyone realizes we're going to win. Yeah. And then it goes, <sighs> yeah, like it just, <laughs> just yeah. gets la- that. That's my favorite part yeah. about it. Yeah. Is hearing the crowd just, just erupt. Yeah. And they there's this like very rarely do you have that long to go crazy. Right. You know, like normally it's a 10 yard pass touchdown. It hits the octave. That's it. Yeah. This like build up was the craziest part. And then right after one of the first clips they show after, after uh, DT in the end zone is they show John Elway just losing it. Yep. On the, I mean, he's jumping up at it. and typically during the Tebow run, Elway's in the box and, you know, he, he's like fist pumping, high-fiving people out of total disbelief that, oh, my God, this Tim Tebow was our path to Andrew Luck. Now he's winning games, and obviously John was happy about it, but in just belief. And in that moment, John was just – he couldn't control himself. He's like, I've created a monster. <laughs> right. That's going to be squashed by Peyton Manning. Yep. From the real links, hey, guys, since you don't know any of the XFL names for yesterday's comment, here's a short list of notable XFL teams. Landry Jones, quarterback, Dallas. Cameron Artis Payne, running back, Dallas. Well, that, if that's the second most notable person. <laughs> Cardale Jones, quarterback, D.C. Mm. Matt Elam, safety, D.C. Sammy Coates, wide receiver, Houston. That's a, that's a name. Yeah. D'Angelo Henderson. Hey, our guy. Running back, Houston. Okay, so Houston's my favorite team. Yeah, there we go. I like it. Although this one's tough. <laughs> yeah. Checking off. <laughs> Quarterback, L.A. Ah, I got checking off in L.A. Elijah Hood, running back, L.A. Justin Vogel. Mm, McLovin. Yes. Punter, New York. Luis Perez, quarterback, New York. He was like the best quarterback in the AAF. Was he? Okay. Yep. Marquette King, punter, St. Louis. Wow, what a fall. Yeah, not one of my favorite teams. Will Hill. Just a good Will night, Hill. good run. Yeah. Isaiah Battle, B.J. Daniels, Antonio Callaway, Deontrez Mount. Wow. Defensive mount- end, Tampa Bay. Mountain of a man. Didn't even know he wasn't on the Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> Just not stashed away on IR. Yeah, for like I was like, oh, he must, must be on IR. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your favorite player in that group? Hop. D'Angelo Henderson. Not, na- not named Hop, because I, I knew you would have gone there. Chad Kanoff. Oh, my God, not named Chad Kanoff. <laughs> name me a player that's not Chad Kanoff. <laughs> um Deontre's Mount? I think Cardale really nice. Jones is the most entertaining one there. Man, was he did he make a mistake not coming out for the NFL right after Ooh, that playoff run? Yeah. Some team wouldn't have been able to hold back. No, he would have gone top ten. Oh man. Yeah, that's a mistake. He said, I've got to say the only thing that get me to watch an X- XFL game is if Paxton Lynch and Taysom Hill were on the same team together, but neither are in the XFL. Anyways, this is all I had today. Have a good one. Well, Why would Taysom Hill ever be in the XFL? He's a great <laughs> yeah. NFL player. He's a great NFL player. Did you see the Saints said that they believe he's a franchise quarterback? No way. Yeah, they, like the headline was Saints say Taysom Hill is, quote, franchise quarterback, but, quote, would welcome Drew Brees back with open arms. So it's not Teddy Bridgewater. 
That's just the headline I saw. If you have a franchise quarterback, I don't think you're welcoming in any other quarterback, are you? I love it. It made it seem like it was like a charity thing for Drew Brees. Like, but <laughs> if he wants to come back, right. we'll welcome him with open arms. He, this is a safe place. <laughs> Next one coming in from Albin, Albino. Albino. Albino Reno. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like something I'd say. Moment of silence across the land for all who were lost in the crash. Thank you guys for paying tribute. Now, first piece of business. I was I was a different username <laughs> under your, but I decided to move over to a more family-friendly name. Thank you. Now, if Shermer just busts this year, are there going to be are there going to throw him out and stick to one of the four families? Pro- what do you think? No. Yeah, I don't think so. Pro- project stats for these players for this year. Lock. 100% completions, 100 <laughs> touchdowns, zero interceptions. Um, this is so hard. I don't even know who he's throwing to yet. I'm going to go 4,000 yards. Okay. 62% completion. Pro bowler. Um, 28 touchdowns and 11 picks. Oh, my God. <laughs> Watch out, Chiefs. <laughs> Uh, the crazy thing is those are about half the numbers of Mahomes. Hmm. History says he's trending down. Ah, he, he's trending down. Yes. Um, I'm, yeah, I like those. Yeah. Too good? Maybe. <laughs> I mean, that's he is a pro bowler, especially because he's going to be rapping in on sidelines and doing all sorts of other cool things that people love. Yeah, he'd be an alternate. Be 28 man. touchdowns. That's it'd like be what, great for the, like what Russ has it'd every be year. Great for the Broncos. But yeah, I mean it is Russ stats. Yeah, maybe it's a little too nice. Lindsay. Thousand yards. How do you not? Yeah. And uh twelve touchdowns. Woo. I'll go thousand yards and eight. Okay. Actually they're gonna be just uh, lock I think I think Locks gonna have thirty touchdowns. All right. I think they're gonna they're gonna let him hog the ball in the, in the red zone. Mm, like it, Fant. So he had what five fifty this yeah. year, um, seven hundred and fifty yards, uh, five touchdowns, six fifty, and seven. Okay, Sutton. I'm saying twelve hundred yards. I'm going thirteen. Okay. Uh, and no, I nine can't touchdowns. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I'll go 13 and nine. How many catches? Over 100? No. Okay. Under. That was a good one. Brent G <laughs> says uh, PSA. Oh, yep. Super Bowling is back on Instagram. And he yikes. adds, yikes. <laughs> yeah, we discovered that right before the podcast. Uh, you never know what you're going to get. <laughs> and we're not talking about the Super Bowl and who comments on this podcast. No, yes, no, we are not. <laughs> He's also on Instagram, though. We follow each other. Yes. Um, what about this for a mock draft, says the big Tabowski. Traded out of 15 with the Eagles and obtained another second rounder. Then a bit more wheeling and dealing. I got these picks. One. At number 21 in the first round, LaVisca Chenault Jr., University of Colorado. Mm. Sounds good. Two, A.J. Terrell. Solid. Three, K.J. Hill, wide receiver. Solid. Later in the third, Tyler Biotish, 
Somewhere Mace smiles. Four, Jordan Elliott and a bunch of other guys we've never heard. <laughs> um, like, just a quick thing. We study the draft. We study the players. We watch. I'm sorry. I'm just not <laughs> going to ever get deep enough into this preparation to know who Alex Taylor, the offensive tackle, is. Oh, come on. You the took the round. easiest name of those last three. Or Tipa Galei. <laughs> there we go. I think he nailed it. Or Akeem Davis Gate. Like, I'm sure if they played in the Pac-12, I'll know who they are. Right. It's true. Or if they play for a notable team like LSU or LSU. Um, <laughs> Alabama. Who else? Clemson. Yeah. But that's, there's a reason that people do that year round. Mm-hmm. Like Andre. Yeah. Andre spends his whole year lo- – and that's how he knows about these people. We're and never going to be any able- of these guys and he'll know. We'll never be able to get probably past the fourth round in terms of like the people that are going to pop up on these mock drafts. And I'll tell you what though, when the Broncos draft anyone though, what, man. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll tell you all about them. <laughs> oh yeah. Then we'll know that's when we become the experts. Yeah. It's just, like I said, there's entire websites dedicated to just covering the draft yeah there's entire people like andre dedicated to just covering the draft we're just it's not possible for us to get that deep into this no it it, it's not at all but i will tell you for mace but he's a different breed (laughs) yes exactly um lavisca if you trade back and you get another second round pick that does take off some of the risk with him I hadn't thought about that. You really could probably swing a trade with the Eagles if like Ruggs was there and they really like him. They're more they're more wide receiver desperate than you are. Doesn't Lavisca just make so much sense for them though? Well, so they they their offense got off to a great start with Deshaun Jackson, and then he got hurt, and it just derailed their plans. I think um, they could need a speed receiver just as bad as anyone. And they could almost be in the same position as the Broncos in terms of not being able to afford losing a guy due to injury. Though, could you imagine uh, Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, and LaVisca Chenault all on the same team? Yeah. The amount of just power. And versatility. Yeah. Yeah. With Carson Wentz. With Carson Wentz. And a really good stable of running backs. Underrated stable of running backs. Man, LaVisca to any team in the 20s. Any team with a good quarterback. Yeah, so we saw the mock draft yesterday where Packers take him, so it wouldn't work out there. But It wouldn't work out incredibly. <laughs> Devontae Adams and LaVisca Chenault. Is Devontae Lord. Adams overrated? <laughs> Something about you and the Packers. No, no, I just... Man, Aaron Jones, the Packers just – maybe it's because of their quarterback. They just don't do anything for me. I will say he's always mentioned like, oh, it's like DeAndre Hopkins and Devontae Adams. And I'm right. like, whoa, 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 not quite. Right. I'm not saying he's bad. Yeah. But top receiver, I don't think so. He's really good. But, see, you have to decide one of two things. Is he uh, overrated because he plays with Aaron Rodgers and he benefits because of that? Or is Aaron Rodgers overrated in, in – Actually, Aaron Rodgers benefits from playing with Devontae Adams. Yeah, you know what? I think Devontae Adams is probably the best <laughs> receiver in the NFL, making Aaron Rodgers look decent at times. Uh, yeah, you got to you gotta pick one or the other. I personally think that he is um, a little bit overrated, and he benefits from playing with Aaron Rodgers. I agree with half of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Before we get out of here today, 
I want to shout out Green Mountain Dental. As you know, taking care of your teeth is really important. And they are handing over a free Sonicare toothbrush, and those babies aren't cheap. If you just schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. So call them at 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment. And that is going to wrap it up for us today on the DNVR Broncos podcast. Almost the exact same length as yesterday. We're in a groove. We will talk to you tomorrow on the DNVR Broncos podcast. Hope Mace feels better. Hope he's with us then. Uh, But we'll talk to you no matter what. It's getting